0: mystery Matt, and you're listening to season eight of the mystery Matt spotlight podcast yeah bet you can't do that all in one take uh (laughs) this evening we are covering the mothman mystery or the mothman legend uh we are not covering the movie uh we tried to stick to other sources other than uh what hollywood gave us uh this evening i am joined by colleen and greg who uh I believe Colleen's going to be starting us off with the first incident which started off the Mothman thing. Colleen.
1: All right. So on November 13th, 1966, five grave diggers were doing their job in a cemetery in Clendenin, West Virginia.
0: Sounds about right. Clendenin.
1: Clendenin. Little tiny place. And as they're busy digging away, they hear a noise and they look up into the sky and they all claim that what they saw was a man with wings gliding above them, dark form going into the night. They reported it, but nothing really came of it. But that was the first known sighting by these five grave diggers
0: and they didn't know what it was or they had they
1: had no idea all they kept reporting was it it looked like a large man with wings gliding through the air above them this giant dark form and they were just terrified here they are in a cemetery digging graves and they see this this thing flying above i almost imagine that if you're in a cemetery and you see that you'd almost wonder if it was a gargoyle or something yeah (laughs) that that's where my mind went on that one
0: or an angel
1: or an angel. Yes, either one.
0: Yeah, or a demon. You never know, right? It could be... Yeah, but these
1: these five gravediggers, they reported what they saw. And of course, there's really no comment as to what people thought of it. But then pretty soon, everything went crazy.
0: Was there uh, any names of the gravediggers?
1: No, they actually... I couldn't find names for them. Um, I did find the report listed in numerous places. Um, I don't know if they reported it after the other events or if they reported it before my impression was they actually reported it before but there were no names listed for these five gentlemen i'm going to assume um they didn't say men specifically so
0: well greg's got a bunch of stuff and,
1: too and away we go with the And rest away of the we fun. go down
0: to bunny hole
2: so the second sighting of it was in again 1966 And this was in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And it's a small town, not very big, probably around 5,000 people that lived there. And what was happening was there was these two couples, they were in a car, and they were driving at night along a a local road. And they were going by this plant called, well, it's called the TNT plant. And this particular plant was owned by the government and what they did was they made like well, it was secretive, but they believe it was like like bombs and stuff like that. That's why it was called like TNT.
0: Hmm, makes sense. Yeah. So anyways. Nitro, um
2: this plant has been abandoned for a while because it was used for the war and then when the war was done, they closed it and never used it again. And and so when they were driving by, in the middle of the highway, there was this thing that was standing there, and, with, and it had big red eyes, glowing eyes, and it was, now there was four people in the car, and some of them have different descriptions of it. And oh, that's
0: funny, because when you said a, 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 a couple of couples, or, or two couples, you said yeah. two couples, I thought you meant like, One guy, one girl, and you had misspoken, but no, you actually meant, no, there's four people.
1: Well, actually, they were two couples. It was Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Millette.
0: Oh, nice. She's got you on the names. (laughs) That's good. Uh,
2: So anyways, uh, they basically what happened was uh, they stopped and they looked at this thing, and one of the guys said, that it was probably around seven feet tall and it was a and it had wings and stuff like that but then the one of the girlfriends in the car didn't think it had wings or anything like that because you couldn't really see it all you could see was the glowing eyes and that was it basically mm. and it looked like a figure but then it kind of like took off like it just went straight up and was flying everywhere and wow. they decided to get out there as fast as they could and go to the local sheriff's department to report this thing and this thing was following them like it was like they were going really really fast along the highway and the thing was trying was actually staying up with it base with them
0: i find with anything with flying it's easier to you know go through their air than it is to just coast along the ground kind of thing so yeah like a lot of birds could keep up with a lot of our cars kind of thing
1: well, the reports were that they actually reached speeds of up to 100 miles an hour. Oh, wow. And this creature was flying right above their car, and they reported it it was gliding. It wasn't flapping its wings. It was gliding. Oh, weird. Yeah, that was what the reports were. and But it's going 100 miles an hour.
0: Gliding, the, yeah. The
1: road I guess they were on was often used as a drag strip, and the guy was driving like a 54 Chevy or something. And so it had quite a bit of power. And uh, and it kept up with them. Um, so, yeah, it definitely was going pretty fast.
2: And they did eventually get to the local sheriff's department. And the Mothman did disappear when they did go into town and stuff like that. And they told the local sheriff department. And then that night, they had people go investigate that area where they saw it. And, of course, they never found anything. And... So I mean, like from there, that's where everything started, and then uh, it got basically. I guess it was the local news; people were talking about it, and then there were hundreds of reports after that, between like 1966 to 1967. So, oh wow! And there was like uh, there was a, there's more to this story. Uh, I, I imagine Colleen has some more stuff <laughs> regarding it because a lot of this just happened in. That one city, basically, yeah, uh, because that's it's where a really
0: localized, yeah, uh, cryptid, I guess.
2: It is, and I mean, and it's, I mean, like as we'll get through the podcast, there are it has been seen elsewhere, but it's kind of like in the same region,
1: I guess you could say. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's. This isn't something that's like a real deep dive, but there are. Lots of reports I found from what I was reading that I'd get more information each time I read something new or watch something new. It would add to the story, and the couples, the two couples, um, what they did, they they went when they reached the town, and as soon as they reached the populated area, the creature disappeared. And actually, what they did is they're thinking, wait a minute, did we really just see that, like? The women wanted to, let's go to the cops right now. men were like, "Uh, you know what, let's check if we see it. So they actually went back to where they had first spotted it to check and see if they could see it. And they saw it again in a dark pasture. It was at that point they went to the sheriff's office. It was like 2 a.m. And they reported it to the sheriff there. Uh, They reported it to Deputy Millard Halstead. And he actually knew the couples personally, and he believed that they saw something. So he and the other officers, then the couple, went back to the original location. And this is where it kind of varies because I saw reports that said they didn't find anything. But I also saw reports that said they reported strange sounds, shadows, an unexplained dust cloud, and even a hoof-like print was in the sand in the area. Um, they – um, they, an interesting fact is all four of the, the eyewitnesses were – gave handwritten statements and they were placed into separate rooms individually to make their statements and the statements all match the descriptions everything matches which is very interesting and those eyewitness statements are now at a museum that's in point pleasant uh so you can actually look at them they their description of the creature the first person who saw it was they were Lindy and linda and mary i guess and uh, they saw it near the TNT plant and what they saw is they didn't see arms or a head on it it was a sh- giant shuffling creature but they noticed massive folded wings high on the back and these giant beaming red eyes like literally like, they're like like two inches up, like they're two inches wide they're these giant red eyes the men later on reported that it was a man with large wings, and he was like six to seven feet tall, a ten foot wingspan uh and this was this giant creature they saw that then it, it like Greg said it it just took off straight in the air like like a helicopter, just straight up, but it glided
0: weird, like the initial thrust just to go up
1: just to go up, and the fact that there was no flapping of the wings yeah. seems very odd there. Locals say that there were scratches on the top of his car. Oh, okay. Yeah, locals say that there were scratches there. And what they wondered is whether or not the creature lived in a vacant power plant, which was part of the TNT factory. And they thought it might have been in one of the huge boilers because they noted that there were no pigeons in that building. Yet there were pigeons in all the other abandoned buildings, but not in that one. So oh, okay. they wondered if it might have been in there. The, um, it was after that that the sightings just went through the roof. Uh, with There were over 100 reports in the next year, next 13 months. And they all reported very much the same thing uh, of what they were seeing.
2: this uh all these reports actually lead to like a major thing that happened in the city um you can get yeah. to
0: there so that we can uh yeah. put in our opinions and stuff of it afterwards and stuff so if that's what you're holding back from saying like we we oh, yeah. can go, go to, go to for that yep, yeah, okay for it. all right so i've been waiting for it <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is a good part yeah so this is where things get a little weird um well, of course, this whole thing is a little weird too, but I mean, like, it's a cryptid, right? So, and, but what happened was in what the, happened? what happened was in Point Pleasant, they have this big bridge that was, uh, connects from one end, from Point Pleasant over to, I think it said, was it Ohio, not Ohio, but, you want, um,
1: Ohio, okay, connects, um, Ohio and West Virginia crossing the Ohio River.
2: Yeah, that's right. And so what happened was uh, basically the bridge collapsed and there was about 46 people that died in because they plunged right into the water and they drowned basically. In, in their cars. In, in their cars, yeah. yeah. And this was and people were basically blaming the Mothman because of this because they figured that there were some theories that some people saw the Mothman before this happened, and it was just like a warning to people and people were just like that's probably what it was that this mothman was coming here to warn us about this was going to collapse and all that but then it really i don't think it was that it was more a mechanical malfunction because it was basically the bridge there was um they said that it was a one of the screws there was a big screw that was that came disconnected and that basically started the collapse because it was so heavy and the bridge was fairly old too and it just prob just broke. It just couldn't stay up anymore.
0: So you think it was a, a mechanical or a, a Yeah just, I th- just the structure failing.
2: Yeah, I think it was just a structure failure, but I mean like you never know. I mean like if they saw the Mothman there it could have been Warning them, but, I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, I just... Or it was setting it up. Maybe it came and unscrewed the screw, you know, or something like that. But
0: Now, would you say more people are saying that, like, the Mothman, like, caused it? Or the Mothman was more so warning about it? I think it was about 50-50, I would think.
1: it It changed with time. In the beginning, many actually thought the Mothman caused it. Over time and years, it became that rather than the Mothman being a a, a, a bringer of doom, uh, becoming a harbinger of doom, so giving the warning before something was going to happen that this is going to be bad, rather than coming and actually doing it himself. I mean, the official reports were that a 50-foot-long eye bar fractured, which caused the holding pin to loose, and then the whole bridge fell apart. And it was like 31 cars and trucks plunged in, 64 people in total fell in, and 46 died, like you said. Like, that's that's a pretty big tragedy on that one. Yeah. This, this bridge coming down. But it does seem like people over the years did kind of change their opinions from Mothman did it to he was trying to warn us.
0: Now, has there been many sightings since?
1: Very few. At least not in Point Pleasant.
0: Oh, okay
2: yeah point pleasant's been pretty quiet with mothman sightings but i mean uh there's a really good documentary i'm gonna plug it on here uh it's called the mothman legacy and it's done by the small town monsters this is is a youtube page but unfortunately they don't have it on their youtube page you have to watch it on tubi if you want to watch it or you could watch it on another streamer
0: god i love those contracts
2: yeah but i mean like uh it's it's been spotted going up and down because where Point Pleasant is, is along the, what's it called? Application? Appa- uh, Appalachian. Appalachian, that's it. Thank you. Mountains. So it's been spotted in that area, like in different areas over the years. Um, it was, there was a lot of like spots during the 70s and 80s and then it kind of slowed down in the 90s. Like there wasn't really a whole lot and then it picked up again in the two thousands up to present, but I mean so I mean like it's still there, out there.
0: What, what do you have anything oh sorry, go ahead.
2: Uh yes, there's been in the document that I was watching, the documentary, uh there was uh a couple of witnesses that came out basically and they said this one woman was in her house and she was a child and then um, she said that she heard she was watching horror movies and stuff like that and then she heard something in the back of the house and it was walking on the roof or something like that and then she looked out the window and then she saw it flying like around the back like gliding around her whatever it does and she said she saw the, the big red eyes and stuff like that uh a more recent one uh that happened within the last uh it's i think it was just before COVID started and there was these two brothers and they were in their dad's house and their dad was basically dying and stuff like that and they were staying at the house with them just to basically look after him for his last few whatever amount of time he had and the one uh, brother was sleeping on the floor and the other one was on the couch and the brother that was sleeping on the floor he was just lying there and he had this vivid dream about his son uh, walking up to him at his bed at, in his house and stuff like in the dream and stuff like that and they were just and he was just like why are you here you're not supposed to be here kind of thing right and then he woke up and he saw the mothman in the house like it was actually in the house and he saw like a, a figure with the, glo- with the red eyes and everything and he was kind of like out of it because he was still sleepy and stuff like that and then he saw it go into another room and that was it and he didn't see it and he got up and basically his dad passed away that next day when it happened.
1: I'm curious, do you know where these locations were that the like where the woman saw like like what do you know what cities
2: no course they stayed. didn't
1: they didn't list i know many times they didn't list where things happened, so I didn't know if you happened to see that when I didn't either <clears throat> no the yeah, I
2: mean it a lot of like the last few years i mean there's there's been some sightings and stuff like that um yeah I, I mean it's all in that application uh, i can't pronounce it. Appalachian. Appalachian. <laughs> yeah Appalachian mountains it's all like rural areas like it's not like major cities like you're not going to see them in like uh
0: like new york
2: exactly i mean
1: like well you might see oh, I it i can challenge that one oh colleen you got a good one <clears throat> 2017 chicago had over 20 sightings in less than three months of a large winged humanoid that was said to be the mothman so in chicago that's the one I came across the other interesting ones when we talk about how Mothman the the idea of Harbinger of Doom there have been reports that Mothman was sighted at the Chernobyl disaster before it happened there's also stories that Mothman was seen in the smoke and the haze when the two towers fell now whether or not people did see or it was just mass delusion i don't know but very very interesting on that one
2: to go back to uh, point pleasant because this is like the major part where it'll happen there's been rumors that the tnt plant is an actual porter from Hal, so a lot of they think that's where it's been coming through like this. That's how. Like a, some kind of portal, but no one has really proved that or anything like that. But there's been like weird things that happened in that area, like the. There's been people that have seen like people in black robes doing like whatever they're doing and stuff like that.
0: Well, supposed occultism or something. Yeah. yeah.
1: The the TNT plant area is really interesting because. Uh, Like Greg said, it was a munitions factory during World War II and it actually supplied top secret material used for the nuclear bomb effort, the the atomic bomb effort. And it employed much of the town who were all bussed in on, on buses with blacked out windows, driven to the individual buildings that they would work in, dropped off at the door, went in the building, and then they would be picked up to go back home. They never saw any part of the facility except for the little area they worked at. As soon as the bomb was dropped... It was shut down and it became deserted. It was eventually given over to the Department of Natural Resources. And in 1966, which is interesting because this is when the sighting started, it became a wildlife preserve called the McClintock Wildlife Management Area. The buildings and everything that were part of the original TNT factory are still there. They're just abandoned buildings now. So it is a very eerie area. You you see the people walking through these areas, and it's all these abandoned old munitions factories.
0: How, how come all these weird things come out of, like, World War Two?
1: Well, because World War Two was absolutely pivotal in so many things, I think. Like,
0: even the conspiracy theories about uh, Hitler dealing with, like, the bell and stuff like that we plan to cover i was gonna say we haven't done the bell yet come on we haven't done the bell yet but that's you know (laughs) foreshadowing don't tell nobody (laughs) um but yeah it just it's now is there any theories that instead of him being like a warning symbol that he actually might be like for example death himself coming to collect the souls of the perished
1: I don't know if you've, have you delved into some of the, the occult theory or uh, supernatural theories on him? I've got some of the, the scientific ones.
2: Not really supernatural, no.
1: Okay. Um, but you could go ahead. All right. So I talked about, we talked about the TNT area and the old munitions factory. An interesting thing was that in 1981, <laughs> a red water seep was discovered in the area. The red water is a mixture of cold water and cellite that was used for rinsing the TNT. It used to be discharged directly into the Ohio River through a pipe about a foot offshore. And it would naturally, if the river was at a high point and well flowing, it would be diluted well enough in the river so it was fine. If the river was lower, it would go into these reservoirs where it would stay until the river got higher and then it could be diluted. But the water contains high levels of nitrate, sulfite, and nitro aromatics. I have no idea what those are. And what's because it was stored in the reservoirs, the underlying sediments also became contaminated. And this was actually a very big issue, And it was listed on the national priority list in eighty three and the cleanup began. It wasn't until 1997 that the extraction of all the toxins was completed. So that was like 14 years. So there is the curious, many people actually very early on wondered if this was a bird that had been mutated by the toxins in the area. I mean, the bird theory was one of the biggest ones suggested from the very beginning. uh, With even naturalists and biologists suggesting that it was actually a sandhill crane. And this theory was first published uh, in 1996 in November uh, by Dr. Robert Smith, a uh, professor of wildlife biology at West Virginia University. And he, he spoke about it. He really believed that this was a sandhill crane. The thing with that, though, is the sandhill cranes are only around three to four feet tall, with about six, six foot wingspan. So if you're looking at a bean, which they say is like seven feet tall with a 10 foot wingspan.
0: That, that's quite the
1: difference. That's quite the difference. But sandhill cranes do have these big red patches on their eyes, but doesn't mean their eyes glow.
0: Yeah, there there was a lot of uh, reports that the eyes weren't just red, but they were glowing. Glow,
1: oh, that was the big thing. They glowed. They glowed. Um, sandhill cranes are not commonly found in west virginia but they have been there uh stopping from on their migration route they do that but that was one of the big theories was a sandhill crane to me i'm sorry i look at the bird and i look at what they describe mothman as like and i see nothing similar but that's me
2: they also say it could be like an owl too, like a mutated owl, which yeah. <laughs> uh, it, w- it could be a giant screeching owl for all they know. Could you imagine?
1: Oh, I know.
2: Or a thunderbird.
0: Have, did you hear I, that I one? I didn't hear
1: the thunderbird one. I didn't hear the thunderbird one. Yeah, Although
0: they- I do want to go into uh, the phoenix and the thunderbird at some point. Ooh. I think they're on the topic list.
2: Yeah. uh, But yeah, they did think it might be a Thunderbird, which could be a possibility. You never know. But the other thing was, they were saying because it's a, if they think it's like a, a human, like a man or something like that, 10 feet wing would not hold, like would not, it would be so, like a man gliding in that, it would be... it would be impossible I think and so it's definitely not like human for
0: sure. I think it usually works out that the wingspan has to be like almost double what the weight is so it depends on like how the creature was built like are they saying scrawny because if it's like scrawny and lanky and 7 foot tall like super skinny but 7 foot tall it could be lighter and then maybe with a 10 to 12 foot wingspan for a 6 foot body that would work but yeah, But yeah, with being like 7, 8 to 10 feet tall with a 10-foot wingspan...
1: Yeah, no.
0: Unless he's a helicopter.
1: Well, I mean, they, they do say that he took off like a helicopter.
0: Yeah, but then he doesn't flap either, so how the heck does that even work?
1: It, everything talked about him gliding, not flying, you, gliding. He can't
0: glide up. I, exactly. <laughs> you know, so they-
1: how do the mechanics of it work? Interesting, the actual term mothman is at the time one of the most popular shows was Batman Batman and the term mothman was coined actually kind of in honor of Batman, and they actually did try to get rid of it at first, but it stuck it stuck
0: now did it look like a moth were the or was it just because the eyes were big and glowing
1: there were there were no reports I saw that said it looked like a moth like it big wings and anyway i don't know
2: i heard that the structure was a uh, see-through too so you could see through it like so it wasn't like solid too so it whatever it is if it is something um it if you see it you probably could it's it's really light so that could be a reason why it glides so up fast right and stuff like that because if you have i mean like if if you're solid, like you can't, like, if it's like, for instance, like, I don't know, like us, we're solid. We can't see, like, through us or whatever. But maybe this doesn't have, like, a skeleton or anything like that. It's more just skin or something like that. Who knows, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, that's the thing or with alien. any of, like, even if we start to try and imagine what an actual alien would look like or, like, for just as an example um we have no idea like for one we don't know if they're going to be a carbon based life form for one
1: oh i go for silicon. And,
0: and it <laughs> and if they're not a carbon based life form things get weird after that from what we're used to because like everything here is a carbon based life form if i'm not mistaken oh like, yeah like um but like yeah you get a silica based life form or something like that or uh or well like you know in in mythologies and stuff you got like tree people and and still carbon based It's still carbon based but then they're like living plants which is weird and
1: no go ahead so one interesting thing like talking about the um effects of mothman or what he really meant i came across some reports from the witnesses um one was marcia bennett And she was a witness after the initial sightings with her... She was with her child and her brother and visiting family friends. She described Mothman as being shaped like a male with huge wings and a head like a bird with a neck that went down in like a bird. She said that he stood very relaxed, like he was just waiting for her to walk up to him. Just very relaxed. But interestingly, after her encounter... She suffered very badly from paranoia, anxiety, and nightmares. She also claimed to be able to feel Mothman's unnerving presence just at random times. And she claimed that she developed the ability for premonitions and psychic visions. This was not unique to her. Other witnesses claim this too. In fact, Linda Scarberry, one of the first four in that car, claimed to hear disembodied noises and see things moving by themselves after she saw the Mothman. This was something many people mentioned, that they ended up with anxiety. They had supernatural encounters. There were also reports, and I hesitate to say this, there were also reports that they were visited by m i b s
0: okay, um, so you said a head like a bird, yeah, uh, and kind of like sunk in like a, a yeah bird's head that's would be? what
1: the one witness described it as. other witnesses said it had no head,
0: so to me, the bird thing would be closer to uh one of the Egyptian gods, yes, and a lot of the Egyptian gods are said. You know, in di- in different circles, are said to be part of the nephilim, part of the yep. fallen angels, or and or giants, right? Well, then you put into the fact that they're seven to eight feet tall. Oh yeah, and we don't even oh. know if we got a big one or a small one on our hands. Do we?
1: Do we have a? Do we have a possible nephilim here? Yeah, the it's it's really interesting because during the the events during that year, during sixty six and then later sixty seven. There were a lot of other things that were happening around Point Pleasant.
0: Yeah, it was the 60s, man. (laughs) People were seeing shit everywhere.
1: Well, police dispatches were constantly interrupted. Like, the radios kept going out. There were... Electrical appliances were malfunctioning. Cars were malfunctioning for no known reason. Doors would open and close without anybody there. And the other biggie was there was a very large increase in UFO sightings in the area.
0: Which is another theory that, like, all the Nephilim and stuff like that are just beings that aren't from here.
1: Right. Well, it's, you know, and then everything really got confused after the book. Uh, When, you know... John A. Keel wrote the Mothman prophecies. It came out in 1975, and then a film in 2002. Uh, He did quite a bit of investigation in Point Pleasant. the The question is on on him really is how factual the book is. He did put in a lot of, I guess, UFO and MIB sightings and that. So I really don't know. And truthfully, I haven't read it and I haven't seen the movie, so I have no idea. But it definitely, when the film came out in 2002, it kicked off the Mothman phase like crazy. Like, it it just went nuts in the town.
0: Well, they ended up putting it in Fallout 76, I believe. You can go to one of those spots on the map that represents. Really? Uh, what did you say it was?
1: Point Pleasant, Point, West Virginia? Yeah,
0: Point Pleasant. Because 76 is based all around West Virginia. Oh, okay. So there's, like, one section you can find, like, the Mothman Museum and, like, a little gift shop and stuff. And there's little figurines in the store. Yeah, It's, It's neat.
2: Did you hear about the journalists, too, that were looking into it, into the Mothman sightings? Like, there was one woman, Mary Heidner, I think, Heidner. And there was another guy that was helping her as well. I, I didn't get his name. I think his name was Gray something. John Keel. No, it wasn't John okay. Keel. It was John Keel was what you said. The book, yes. Yeah, but these were two different other people, and they were journalists. Like they were, they had like they were they were the local newspaper there. Okay. Yeah. So. And they were kind of like, they were known as the Mulder and Scully after that. Well, before Mulder and Scully <laughs> That's were, great. Yeah. Because they were all into like alien stuff and things like that. And that was even before Mulder and Scully were even part of, that was like a few years after yeah. that. Yeah. 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 But um, basically what happened was she was harassed by what you don't like and might be. What's wrong with the MIB?
1: Oh, no, I was just hesitating to say it and bring in M.I.B. into Mothman, like add that one in again, especially when Keel's gotten some pretty big flack for including it in the book and that. So that's that's the only reason why I hesitated on it. Yeah.
2: But apparently the men in black came up to her and basically said she needs to stop doing what she's doing or else she's going to get into a lot of trouble. And they got like a little wand flashed it. No,
1: just kidding. (laughs) But... uh, (laughs)
2: Hello, Will Smith. <laughs> but anyways. Um,
0: Broke into a, out into a dance montage. So I don't
2: think they really stopped it because I don't think they were really afraid of the men in black, to be honest. I mean, like. Yeah. So, I mean, like, and to be honest, I don't even know if that's just a tale or if it's really true or not. But mind you, I'm going to keep an eye on my door now.
0: But the, I- Well, what about the helicopters? Anytime we talk about this stuff outside and we get the helicopters overhead.
1: Mm, yeah Yeah, they're
0: they're already watching us
1: the town is so interesting now the according to what i saw most of the people at point pleasant actually don't really believe that mothman ever happened they don't believe in it but they are happy to have it because they kind of view it more like tongue-in-cheek it's a bit of a joke but it attracts so much tourism now Some estimates are that it attracts around $2 million in revenue during the festival held each year for it. That's a huge amount for this little tiny city. It's like
0: some of those small places on your way to Area 51 and they got and stuff everywhere. Yeah,
1: it easily doubles or triples the population of the town just for this one weekend. And, you know, in 2002, they started the Mothman Festival every September. In 2003, they erected a statue. In 2005... They opened the Mothman Museum. You know, when you go around town, you can go and get a coffee and buy Mothman droppings, which are chocolate-covered coffee beans. You can get a, oh, you can get a pizza that's decorated with toppings to look like Mothman. Like, it, they've really gone all out. It seems the town has really embraced this. Whether or not they believe it or not, they've recognized a cash cow when they've got it.
0: It's <laughs> kind of like a Wirt and Willie or something. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: And the people there are a little bit of a mixture of Native Americans and also uh, the Scottish and English as well.
0: Wasn't there a Native thread through the whole thing?
2: Ah, uh, yeah. There's a Native.
0: We're getting own, cl- We're at 38 minutes, so we should be getting wrapping up.
2: The Native uh, owns the museum, right? That's what I have.
1: Yeah, there. there's... um. There was a, originally, there was a legend that it was actually the curse of Cornstalk. Oh, yeah. And which was, you know, Cornstalk was a Shawnee leader of the allied indigenous people. In 74, during the Battle of Point Pleasant, he and his men fought the colonial troops. And it was said that with his dying breath, he cursed the town for 200 years. This was actually – The Curse of Cornstalk was disproven in 2006 when they found an old school playbook that actually talks about how they created this legend just to make a good play. So it really only was something that was created by – you know, some school teacher who wanted to make the, the
0: play look good. Just wanted to have some fun. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly.
0: It wasn't like so, uh, the connection with Bigfoot kind of thing.
1: Yeah, that one was kind of disproving. But it was wondered about for a while about an old um, native curse on the land that brought brought Mothman. It's They really have no idea <laughs> what he is and where he came from. But there were so many sightings. and And the four original witnesses, to me the fact that all four of them Gave the same descriptions while in separate rooms, handwritten accounts all giving the same thing. They saw something. That that's where I keep going. Is is they saw something. I don't know what, but they saw something.
2: You know, West Virginia is not that far from us. You know, it's only like an eight-hour drive. Uh, only.
1: Do you mean I have to worry about Mothman perching on my balcony tonight? No, no, no. I'm just saying we should go to the festival <laughs> in September.
0: It it doesn't sound like he likes the cold.
1: <laughs> no, it not. doesn't.
2: Actually, there's a account where someone saw it like covering itself in the snow. Oh, snowing, and it was actually stuff like cold. That. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a witness that said that. I was watching the documentary that mentioned that.
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah, it doesn't like the cold. It wanted to come in. <laughs> yeah. The most common theory that people recommend for Mothman, at least that I found is that it's just mass hysteria. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the one that most people... It's that, you know, it was just... It's a small little town, and so everybody either had a Mothman story or knew somebody with a Mothman story, and it just built. And then thanks to the book coming out and thanks to the press that it gave, it became an international sensation. Yeah. And everybody else learned about it. The... He really was interesting because he's he's represented as both good and evil demon and angel and his story has grown greatly over the years and it's no longer just one from the small little town that that nobody knew about it's he's been totally embraced by the world and people now know know him they they're interested in him and what is going on it's it's fascinating how he really has been shown as many different things demon angel like which one is he? Did he yeah, yeah, bring down the bridge or did he try to warn of it?
0: Or did he or was he there to collect the souls? Yeah. So that that would put him in the middle because, you know, the soul collector would come for anyone.
1: Ooh. The ferryman.
0: What's a ferryman?
1: Oh, the ferry oh, the ferryman is um I believe Greek and Roman where you would put coins over your eyes, the ferryman would take you across the oh, river Styx oh, to the that, land of the, the dead.
0: Sorry, that's the not fa- the version of fairy I was <laughs> thinking <laughs> sorry, in my head. Sorry,
1: no, the ferryman. <laughs> Peter's not here today.
0: Alrighty, well, I think we covered it pretty good. we have anything else we want to add? No, I'm good. Colleen's just double-checking, making sure she's got everything. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, did we mention the whole? Okay, this one I learned something. I might have known it before, but I forgot. An interdimensional being is called a ultra terrestrial.
0: Uh, that's actually a relatively new term. Yeah.
1: Yes, I learned that one. So I might have known it before and forgotten. Who knows? But yeah, it, that's another one of the theories on him that he's an ultra terrestrial.
0: Uh, there's a theory that a lot of the extraterrestrials that we think we're getting with UFOs are actually ultra terrestrial.
1: Interdimensional, yes. Yep.
0: All righty. I think we got her. You good, Colleen?
1: I'm good. I think I've gone through all my notes here. I think cool. we're all good.
0: All righty. You guys have yourselves a great evening, and we'll see you next week. Take her easy and sleep tight.